Welcome to Sassholes. We are revenue ops with an edge. With decades of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one. 23, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week 4, all go-to-market team kickoff and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment. Weeks 5 to 7, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week 8, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brent. And say Big Pete sent you. Okay. So, business reviews. Deal why do we business reviews? Right? Why do we why do we do them? I, I guess because you need something objective to pay people on, but that's what quotas for, isn't it? So, who does deal reviews? The first who line, does it? Peter. They usually bring in other people and they do a deal review and they bring in outside people to do a deal review, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... With the, the individual... It's the, well, the vice president comes in and depending on the level that you are, I would imagine if you're like an, a strategic account executive, maybe the CRO is in on it. And... There's two reasons to do a deal... There's three reasons probably to do a deal review, Right. One is to give that rep some exposure to uh, the next line or two, a couple skip levels to give them exposure. If you think that rep, he or she is really good, you want to expose them, right? And give them exposure like this person's got it buttoned up and is doing this, doing that. Two is the exact opposite. I don't think this person is doing a good job, but as a first line leader, I want some help blowing this person up. Right? Yeah. And then three is uh is probably it's it's a cover your ass, um help us move with stalled a stalled deal that we don't understand why. Right. And uh, what happened that so the first one. Hopefully it goes well, and you walk out of that. And that the 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 first and second, the second line and third line, or the head leaders, all go. Wow, this person's great. We got to make sure this person's on board for the long haul, which means give them all the greatest accounts ever, or her. Right. Second one is yeah, this person stinks. I agree with you, and I blew him up and torched him during the deal review, and now I have no faith in that person moving forward. The third one typically turns into a, uh, a just a verbose critical uh, criticism of what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, mainly what they're doing wrong and what they would do if they were selling. And to me, I'm always like, well, then go out and sell. <laughs> like, if you want to sit there and critique someone on what they are and are not doing, 
go out there and sell. You, in my opinion, as a first line and second line leader, um, when you do a deal review um, with a rep that you like and you think is doing all the right things, it better be two compliments to every negative. Because if it's the opposite, it does nobody any good. Right? Because well, the rep already pissed off that this deal stalled. Yeah. And I, I guess if we don't do like annual reviews, quarter reviews anymore, I don't know why we do these business reviews. It doesn't. <laughs> I I think the, the VP and the directors want to like stay on top of things, I guess. But most they, of the VPs were in the field. Yeah, five, six, seven years ago. So I think they want to get in there to be like, oh, I I helped impact this deal. Yeah, I know what's going on, and I'm I'm I I've been what well, they're not in the field. They're not they're not dealing with it. Two, um, I think most, uh, you know, they might have connections that they can work or or know of connections that they can work. Uh, the only deals that really get deal reviews are usually not puny ones. They're usually the big ones. Yeah. There's a little bit of cover your ass there too. Like I need to know what's going on in this deal because um, I'm going to get asked questions about it. But and shouldn't so, that already be on a screen? Like you, if you are, so here's the problem, right? These are old school um, sales methodologies back they probably were developed back when, uh, you know, Pete, you were selling and there was a Rolodex under table, right? Now everything Shoebox with index cards. Shoebox of index cards. Now everything is digital. So if you want to, and, and there's still an old school mentality there, right? Problem is you have a Salesforce CRM. You have a CRM of some sort. Typically the monopoly is Salesforce. And the people that are running it, are running those sales divisions, are old school. So they their advancement is like I'm doing things in spreadsheets now rather than on Rolodex cards, right? Um, and so they might have this huge Excel spreadsheet that they want reps to take what's in Salesforce and put it into different fields inside their Excel spreadsheet. What an utter waste of time. What an utter waste of time and resources. One, that data, by the time that rep put anything in that sheet, an hour later, it's pro- it could be dated. A minute later, because they could have gotten a call and said, um, yeah, we're not buying. You know what I mean? But that spreadsheet was our, uh, updated an hour ago saying, this person's supposed to call me and tell me they're buying. Every All indicators are looking great. You might look at it before the rep updates it, or the rep forgets to update it, close lost, and it's on your spreadsheet because they're not synced up. Uh, two, it's just a waste of uh, why do you even have a CRM if you're asking them to put it into a spreadsheet? And then three, the problem with the CRM in general is that you have a CRM, but you're asking reps to do something that they shouldn't have to do, which is log their activity manually into a digital uh, CRM software when they're probably communicating digitally. So why wouldn't you have that CRM? Salesforce doesn't do it. Why wouldn't you have a software? I'm not going to say what software should do it, but people yeah. AI 
is a great uh, alternative. Power your CRM with the data so that the rep doesn't have to create an account, doesn't have to create a uh, a contact. I talked to Pete Jansons from the Sassholes, and I think he's a great candidate for this. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Doesn't have to log how many times you communicate and what your communication was. It just gets logged into the CRM autom- automatically. And now you're no longer relying on sales reps entering in anything. Reps could enter in fake shit before, now you can't. And you're looking at real go-to-market data that's all done and, and helps improve rep productivity. Why wouldn't that be there? And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because some reps, some leaders still believe in spreadsheets and still believe in, uh, I'm paying these guys a base salary to enter in shit. So why don't we have them enter in shit? And all they but get I'm, is time. But I'm still lost if we're entering in all this shit. Why are we taking people away from prospects and doing these reviews? Like, what, 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 what did we just say? The reason why is because they're entering in shit. Yeah. When you're asking them to manually input stuff into their CRM, you're doing a deal review to make, to, you know, hope they are, you know, to get a gauge if they're bullshitting you or not. The now, I've now, had sales leaders before, Pete, and you, I don't know, the mentality I've had sales leaders before going, I think this deal is going to come in. Why? Well, I flew out, met him for dinner, and I looked him in the eyes. And that's how they were calling it. <clears throat> really? Like, you looked him in the eyes, but he hasn't responded to an email in a month. And you took him out to a fancy dinner, and now he's saying yes, and now he's not responding. I, I think this sort of makes sense if somebody's on a performance improvement plan, a PIP, and you have to do a review of what's going on, like with enablement, to figure out if this person should stay at the company anymore. Because if you are a, a, a quote-unquote good employee, I mean, this stuff should already be happening. What magic wand is going to be waved uh, over the rep from a, a director or vice president or a CRO? Hey, did you try this? Or the, All that stuff should already be in the, in the rep's tool belt. Like, are these people holding on to all the information till these business reviews happen or that's what I don't know. Uh, I would say there's probably two things, right? Um, in, in many cases, especially lately, you've probably been hiring people uh, from a lower weight class or whatever you want to call it. Um, you want enterprise software sellers that have run an enterprise deal and you're probably because of the labor market and because of the hard uh, the the costs associated with hiring and things of that nature. You've probably hired people that are more middle market guys that maybe don't know, um, you know, in middle market. I would say middle market small business is much different than enterprise, and the fact that middle market and small business you are solution point solution selling, meaning uh, I find a pain and say here's a solution. Whereas in enterprise selling, because it's so political, you might, they're whale hunting. You're trying to show them that there is pain. <laughs> they yeah. they don't believe there's pain or maybe certain factions believe pain, but other people don't. And so you need to sell it. 
So if you're in the enterprise sales motion, you're probably doing some of these deal reviews to see, is this person that we was more of a middle market guy, is that person understanding the enterprise sale or, or is that person really a middle market person and should be moved back, right? Um, otherwise- so you, need to, so you need to do this business review to determine that? That should be, like literally, that should be done with your first line leader in your weekly cadence. I think they do the business review to sort of say, am I- right or am I wrong? Do I think this person is the right fit or not? Please, can other people join this committee? Let's look at them in the QBR. Let's look at them in the deal review. Let's regroup afterwards and say, I don't think this person uh, knows what's going on. I don't trust them anymore. Okay. So then that should be like part of the PIP process and enablement and part of the extra training because all, yeah, all that, I think I bet you HR gets involved in that, right? Like you yeah. can, you, can you just tell five people to do a QBR and um, twenty people on your team or your teams not to? And that should be an indication those five people are probably on a pip, right? <laughs> or about to be put on a pip, depending on yeah. how that goes. I don't know. I bet you HR would say. You should do it for all 25 and then put the five that you think on a pip on a pip. Because your business review should be like, I hate to throw the robot element into it, but all these questions that are being asked in this setting, I mean, why can't it be like a, a role play with your chat? Like the chat will ask the question, right? You know, did you meet with blank? Yes or no? Why didn't you? Do you, you know, can't can't that be simulated? Are you saying can you simulate ChatGBT to replace all sales leadership? Uh, most of it. Um, I really think that uh, I shouldn't uh, say most, but what I I back when we first worked on this like a long time ago, Carney. This was supposed to increase the span of control of the people that work underneath you, with you underneath you. You should be able to handle more, more people because the reason why you go to a higher up is because they're experienced. You've co you've come across something that you haven't seen before, and you need an answer, right? Agreed. And I think what you're proposing means I need to. Um blow up skynet technologies because <laughs> you're basically saying chat gbt can re can become uh a sales leader in skynet technologies if you don't know the reference that is the lab that created the terminator arnold schwarzenegger um yeah that later got blown up i mean i think are we there yet on ai no I'm, i'll be honest i use it i use it probably daily Right, but I use it for not not. Um... No, I get you want to be touchy feely, the human element, and all the people that are in the pit process development. But it's like if if I am doing what I am supposed to be doing, instead of me trying to get a hold of you, I have a resource that I can go to and say I have this unique scenario. 
I don't know what the answer is. And then, you, you know, whatever you're asking, it doesn't know either. It should get elevated to you or somebody else. So the answer is the same. It can be disseminated across everybody. So it's one voice answering the question. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I think, so the bottom line is, should you use, um, you know, chat GBT or AI to sort of do a deal review. Right. Well, like an online and on the fly deal review. Don't wait for every 90 days. It's it's almost like each week or instead of filling out, you know, a TPS report, (laughs) you're going to have the data that's entered in that you have. And then here's the summary. Try this. Don't call on this person anymore. It's automatically going into a drip campaign. We'll put this back in your funnel, you know, in 90 days. Work on this stuff. Here are the similar customers that bought. Here are the similar reasons why they bought. Here's the activity. Reach out to these people. The rest of it is to put a human involved. That means that you can influence that human to tell a story to why you didn't do what you're supposed to do. So, all right. Um, I I don't, I mean, (laughs) you're setting me up to like become a, um, a commercial, right? So I know you probably didn't plan on this, but people AI just launched uh, account GBT, which pretty much uses AI to power uh, an entire deal review and tells reps, um, you know, what's going on in the marketplace for every account that you have and and pretty much write an account plan for you. Yeah. Um, So everything that you're saying is dead on, 100% accurate, and it's what we're working on at People AI is to take the GBT stuff and say, instead of you, the rep, do a deal review, we're going to look at that account and tell you, here's a here's a review of every facet within the account. You don't need to do any research. It's all right here. And then add your human element to it. Add, not remove the GBT stuff. But take a look at this and say, man, I need to tweak this a little bit to fit our product. But we have a thing called Account GBT that's coming out. We launched it at Gartner last week. And so it's coming out in the next two weeks. It does exactly what you're asking for. And then do you need a deal review? I think it's more of um, do I need to make sure that what what you said you did, you're doing? Which, once again, we keep score on all of that because everything is logged. But some companies don't, meaning they they hope that you're logging, you know, hey, Pete, go talk to this person. If you're not have that automated, then you're going to go talk. You, you could go fake talk to that person by logging that activity, even though it didn't happen. Whereas in people AI's world, if we say go talk to Pete Jansen's, it's going to get logged. And if you didn't talk to him, we're going to know. Well, it's a recruiting issue, too. You're bringing in the wrong people. You are. And at the same time, there is, 
You know, I would say in this economy, there's there's a couple things that are going to go on, right? The really smart, uh, uh, the, the, not smart, the really experienced reps might sit there and say, um, I just, I'm just going to uh, collect a, a base and a, and a, um, um, get my benefits for my family for the next year because I made a ton of money two years prior and last year. But this year is going to be, it's not worth, the juice ain't worth the squeeze because I'm not going to get into multipliers or anything like that. So the longer I can push deals off to make it come into next year, maybe where I start off hot, some of them are going to do that. And and because they they, they can live off of their earnings in the past. Um, other And they're just going to say it's too difficult of a hill to climb in today's market if you don't have, if you're not selling cybersecurity or, um, uh, you know, some sort of cloud software. Um, the other okay. problem going to be some people are just demoralized by uh, the economy as well because they're selling to their champions and tomorrow and their economic buyers and tomorrow those are, they get let go. You know what I mean? Right at the end of a deal. that That's demoralizing for a rep. All right, here, let's, let's do a short, Carney. Why should you do a business development review each quarter or a quarterly business review each quarter? Why? I think the main reason why is it allows reps to get out of their daily um, and weekly sort of cadence and get in something that's more of a reflection point on a quarterly basis where you get exposure to the second line leaders um, and, and maybe your, your head of sales and maybe the president of the company, you get exposure to them. Um, and it might hopefully give you motivation that even though maybe you've had a rough quarter, that you're doing everything right and the company's still behind you and you're getting an understanding from that. So it's a networking event? Sort of. I think the worst part is, the part I've always hated about QBRs is that even in good times, you would have leaders going, Someone's getting fired today is sort of the mentality with the QBRs, right? Because they it's almost like a hazing ritual and they're going after a couple people and, and they want to expose them in front of everybody. I've never enjoyed that concept of it. Um, and I think the other part I don't enjoy is that for two or three days prior to the QBR, uh, reps are taken out of selling and they're trying to compile all this data no matter what template you tell them to use, they're going to use their own template or they're going to tweak that template to tell their own story because they're storytellers and they're never going to just fit into the box that you give them. So what you probably want to do is at least remove that, give them the template, give them the data and say, just reflect so that they don't spend two or three days compiling the data, get out of the mentality of I'm going to fire somebody that should be done. Um, they should be on course for that all the time with your first line leaders, not on a quarterly review and make the quarterly review really a, a reflection point where your team is coming together and everyone's sort of um, trying to help each other out, come up with ideas and walk away. And it's a team building exercise. Should we be, should you be compensated for this review? No. So 
What about non-sales employees? Do they get compensated based on their quarterly review? Depends on their plan, but a lot of non about a lot of non um sell, sellers one they don't have much of a variable compared to the sellers. Usually the sellers variable is uh double their is the the same as their base. So it's 100 100 or 90 90 whatever you want to say. Wait, you're telling me now that non-sales people they do their review with their higher up whatever the review is it doesn't inf- affect their their compensation at all. There's two ways to do it, right? It does affect their compensation and the fact of raises and promotions. But a lot of times if they're on a quarterly that could be company quarterly. And so they're just going to get paid whatever the company has. If you work for like, and it'll be tough. So like a PE firm, I've worked at PE firms or a company owned by PE firms. Yeah. Um, reps get paid on bringing in deals, right? And they get paid a base rate off of that 10%, 15%. If they've got renewals, maybe 6%. But- um, they get paid on whatever deals they bring in. The person in the non-sales role gets paid on EBITDA, cash EBITDA or EBITDA. And if you're owned by a so their so their performance, they don't get paid on what they control. They don't get paid on what they can control. And on top of that, so that's changed. Pretty, yeah, it's very strict. On top of that, one there's a there's a there's a huge motion lately that if you're not director and higher or VP and higher, that you uh, don't get a bonus at all. Your bonus is now your base, and they they move your um your bonus and base into a salary and you get paid just a full salary because when you're below a director level it's very difficult for you to in hold, hold on we're getting in the weeds here if you're a non-sales employee how do you know you're better than somebody else that's doing the same job promotions and uh um annual uh, uh raises well how do you know who to promote Yeah, exactly. It's usually done by who you like. <laughs> All right. Going back to sales. If this business, uh, this quarterly business review, this is so important. Shouldn't there be some type of compensation element to it? No. Because it sounds what it is, it. is. This is for somebody that's borderline. You're trying to figure out, should I can this person or not? Well, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. We sh- you shouldn't do. But that's what's happening. But I'm, I'm not saying to... at your company, but this is what's happening. That's what's always happened since the invention of QBRs, right? Who invented them? Well, some sales leader. Some right? strategic probably, think, thinking probably, salesperson. Probably in 2005, Pete Jansen's in Chicago created it. No, Pete did not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's truly what happens. Now, should they get compensated for it? No. Um, I think the flaw in all of it is that, um, and I still feel this, even if you've served up everything, reps almost feel like, I survived the QBR as opposed to I thrived, you know, it's I survived. 
And that's where the mentality's got to change. It should be like I'm getting a ton of face-to-face time with the head of marketing, the head, the head of the company, the head of sales, the head of CS. And we're talking about five or six of my accounts of my my 30 accounts. And we're going into depth on those and they're coming up with ideas that maybe I didn't think of or didn't know. And I think the only reason why QBRs need to exist today is we live in a remote world and a lot of sellers are working out of their basement. I'm working out of my basement. You're you're working in your dark, dark, dark basement, right? Yeah. Um, but they don't get an understanding of the company culture and the company uh, assets at their arsenal unless you work in corporate. So they might not know that marketing can turn on some sort of interactive marketing campaign to some of your clients to help get exposure and help you piggyback this. They don't know that your CEO. I, I guess, why do you have to wait four times a year to get this knowledge that's in somebody's head? Hold on. You don't. The only problem is when you're working from Kentucky and your office is in California. Yeah. The problem I think uh, people have in general is that they're just afraid to ask. Okay. Afraid to ask I'm... for help. They're, they feel like it's, and they don't know what is available to help. Okay. So the QBR is more to help. Should be more there to be like, hey, did you know we had this? No. Okay, that's a problem. We need to address it with everybody. But now I can show you how to get. How many different possible scenarios could there be in sales that somebody would have a question on? Meaning like connections and stuff like that? Well, it's like, look, you do the quarterly business review because you have a director, vice president, or chief revenue officer, or CEO that knows more than the person that's presenting. What I'm saying is whatever that scenario is at that lower level person, it has to be quite common amongst all the other people that are going into perform this tap dance. So my So I would say I would say the person on the the, the rep knows more about the account than anyone else in that. And if they don't that's a bad thing, right? Okay. But what does the CEO and what does the marketing team know better than the rep? The assets and the company or that the company, the internal company has that maybe are not being utilized by the field today. There are multiple questions where the executive team is sitting in their conference room going, why aren't people aware of uh, this asset? And yeah, uh, it, it's it's and, an uh, enablement scenario. Yeah, it is. And and it should be like the rep. Look, I'm I'm trying not to say have robots handle everything, but you have a a chief revenue officer, you have a CEO, you have these high high paid people that all have all this knowledge in their head. That when they leave, that knowledge goes with them. I'm saying, why can't we upload that information beforehand in a scenario generator that says, hey. Why why haven't you gotten farther in this account? Okay, reps answer. Blah, blah, blah. Well, here, you got to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Why do we have to wait four times a year and repeat it over and over by, by the higher-ups? That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, I I could not agree with you more that we should probably should do that, right? Do I think so we're there yet? No. We could be there yet. Put all these CEOs and CROs in a room and give them a scenario, and how would you respond to it? Let them answer it. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> are they afraid to or well there's job security there, right? Yeah. If you download everything in my head, one welcome. Right. Well, here, hold on, hold two, on. <laughs> two, if you download everything in my head and you're able to um compute like um relationships of data and stuff like that intuitively and on the fly what use am i you that's so hypocritical that the number one thing they teach in leadership 101 is you're supposed to put into place a system that can run without you there i agree with you and i'm just saying i'm not really <laughs> no 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 by the way that's how i operate yeah every person that works for me i try to Give them everything I can. So it, it can should be plug and play, like Bill Belichick. Somebody leaves his team. He's got somebody. He knows what he's looking for. Interviews the hell out of people and puts puts them in there. I look at it as uh, as a leader. Um, as a as a leader, um, I look at it as a leader. I'm um, like the head medic in a hospital room uh, emergency room and i'm trying to teach the people how to do the simple procedures so that i can free up my time to do the advanced procedures right because right. They, that, that takes a lot more experience so do i need to uh, uh take someone's blood no i need to show someone to take someone's blood so i can do brain surgery right or something like that no that you need to do look at a come into play and that's where you need to do a lipid panel like when you get a physical every year, see what your cholesterol is. You have a baseline to see where somebody's knowledge is. And you they're they're having a problem with this scenario that they should they shouldn't have to wait till the end of the quarter. They shouldn't wait for an email. They should have a place to go right away. And it should be it shouldn't be a different answer when you ask four different leaders. It should be the same company voice. This is how we want to address this situation. And I think that's where we're the problem that we're at and these these antiquated processes, we can't get out of our own way, Carney. We we can't. And I think um companies that have um if you're a leader out there and you're looking at your go-to-market team and your go-to-market team is pulling up a spreadsheet, you need a new go-to-market leadership in place because the competition is going to pass you by. They are. <laughs> 100%. If you're getting shown spreadsheets, you're getting shown this, you're getting shown that, move on. Because those are old school guys that haven't adapted. There are old guys that adapt to technology and say, wow, this improves improves uh, my rep's time. And then there are old guys that believe that I should uh, create a bunch of thrash with uh, my reps. I think that's healthy. And that's not what do you you're paying a rep? A rep has to earn their living by selling, not by entering administrative bullshit into a CRM. Right? And they get paid to sell. 
that's what you hopefully want them to focus on. And putting stuff in a CRM and then putting it in a spreadsheet is just a complete and utter waste of time. You know the Jeff Bezos rule on meetings? It's the two pizza rule. (laughs) I've heard he really does. He does. He really does try to limit the number of meetings he goes to, and if he does need to join one, he may he wants to be uh, be as efficient as possible. The simple rule is he won't set up a set up or attend a meeting if two pizzas won't feed the entire group. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So. All this, you know, it looks good. You're trying to justify what's going on, but it's so slow. Maybe that's why I'm doing podcasts. Yeah. Hey, um, I got to go. I got to go. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one and three, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kick off and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment. Weeks five to seven, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week 8, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brent and say Big Pete sent you.